Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's guest is Stephanie Howe-Violet. We sat down while she was in Boston for the marathon just after we shared a run around the Charles River. Stephanie grew up in Minnesota and raced Nordic skiing and cross-country at Northern Michigan University. She fell in love with running on the trails after college in Bozeman, Montana, where she was studying exercise physiology at Montana State University before moving further west to Oregon to pursue a doctoral program at the University of Oregon studying human physiology. She ultimately earned her PhD in nutrition and exercise science. Stephanie is the 2014 Western States champion, course record holder at the Lake Sonoma 50 miler, and has many other professional career highlights, both academically and athletically. Stephanie is passionate about nourishing the body through physical movement and real food. She also makes incredible pizza, trust me, and loves cooking for and eating with friends. We talked a lot about this and some of the other components of running that fuel her passion for the sport and what she's seen change over the years in the trail running scene. Stephanie runs her own coaching and nutrition business and also runs at the professional level for North Face, Cliff Bar, Nathan, Squirrels Nut Butter, Jobo, Catula, Drymax, and Inside Tracker. Enjoy! Hello, I am here with Stephanie Violet in Boston, Massachusetts. We are here for the Boston Marathon and other fun events, and uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So we're here in Boston uh, for a little little foot race um, that you've run before. I have run before, yes, yes. I'm, I'm more excited to be on this end, though, and be uh, spectating. Yes. So have you, you're, you're a trail runner, road runner, all of the above, um, have you done much spectating? I've been here. This will be my fourth time at Boston, but I feel like every year is, is different. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I haven't been to many big road marathons before, so it's always a treat to come over for this one. Yes. It's a, it's a different one for sure. Um, let's talk about the, the trail stuff. Um, yeah. so your, your background, tell us a little bit about, about your background. We'll go from there. In, in in running in running yeah um I was a Nordic skier in college and I I enjoyed running for sure but <clears throat> never really uh, made it my primary sport um, I moved out to Montana after college uh, and kind of didn't really have time to ski as much so just naturally made a shift to trail running um, I kind of bypassed the road scene um, and went right to trails how come. You know, I, um, 
I kind of thought runners were a little nerdy <laughs> um, growing up. And uh, it's true. Uh, yeah. And just with the ski background, I liked being out on the trails. Yep. So, um, yeah, I just kind of found that I, I loved running in the mountains and uh, started racing. And that kind of, you know, that that kind of got me to where I'm at today. Very cool. So you mentioned that your your background wasn't in running. Yeah. Um, so what what inspired you to go for your first run? Well, I shouldn't say that I, I didn't run. I just I, I've run since um, I guess junior high. I So I was always good at running, but I didn't love it. And my parents, um, <clears throat> I think, bribed me to go to my first cross country practice in seventh grade. And um, I showed up in sandals, so I wouldn't have to run. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I born to run it, bro. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I didn't like it, but I was always good at it. So I think as I got older, you're naturally drawn to things that that you're good at. Right. And I found that you know there are some really great people that run. Um, and I think I was just afraid of not being with the cool kids, not doing volleyball or soccer. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wised up as I got a little older. Nice. And so you live out in Bend yep. and the, the trail running, what's the trail running like out there? Well, it depends on who you ask. I say it's freaking flat in Bend <laughs> and people are like, what are you talking about? Um, it, you know, it's, I've lived there for 11 years. So after, you know, I've exhausted all the trails and traveled to some other places, I'm not as excited about yep. my hometown, but, um, Bend is a great place for all outdoor activities. There's great mountain biking, paddling, trail running, um, kind of anything you want to, you want to do outside. Um, I mean, we have access to trails most of the year, um, with the exception of maybe three months in the winter. The last few, the last few. Yeah. They're just starting to melt out. So I know you love traveling and I know yes. that you love destination racing and Chamonix and all these beautiful places. Um, what are some tips that you have for, for people that are looking to do a destination race? So I think I like to do a lot of research on my own. Um, I think if you, if you kind of know more about the place you're going to, um, that's really helpful. I think connecting with a local is great. Um, you know, it's, it's tricky because like I've gone to Nepal and if you look online, you just find all this tourist, like, you know, information that is going to be like group stuff. Right. So connecting with someone who knows the culture and knows the place is a really great insight to like, okay, what are the things I should actually do? Right. Not what wiki travel tells me to do. Definitely. Um, so professionally you both run and, uh, work with other athletes and non-athletes on the nutrition side of things. So let's, yeah. let's talk about that for a second. What's, yeah. what's that like? That's great. Um, especially in times like right now I'm not running much. Um, and I really have a passion for nutrition. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's great to be able to, to work with people and, the cool thing about nutrition, which you know, is that small changes can make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like, you know, training, you might have to wait like four to six weeks to feel right. changes. But nutrition, some small, some small like timing issues or just switching macronutrients um, can really help someone feel better. And that to me is the best thing I can, I can do. It's like fixing a puzzle, which I it noticed is, you yes. love puzzles oh, I, too. I do. I do. Yeah. In my downtime, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of puzzles. So what's it like working with someone? Where do you, how do you start? Um, I, let's not give away the farm here. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, normally I set up a, a call with someone and just get their, you know, what, so why, 
what can I do to help you? You know, what are you looking for? Establish some of their goals, talk about, you know, how to get there. And then I make sure to tell them my approach, which is, we're not counting calories. We're not counting grams. We're, t- we're going to talk about food mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about lifestyle. And I'm not going to give you a meal plan. You're going to have to take some accountability. So it's not for everyone. Some people want a quick fix and um, that's that's not yep. working with me. But I've never um, heard that before. Yeah, yeah. People want a quick fix when it comes to nutrition. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, no just take this bl- pill. I don't believe it. <laughs> um But yeah, from there I do usually a a food analysis. So I have someone log for five to seven days and um, enter it into this program I have and get all this output information and compare that to what they should be getting based on their goals. And then I usually like to work with someone for at least a few months just to establish the routine because that's the hardest part. It's like one, you can learn what to do and it's like, okay, great. But it's like, okay, now let's do it. Right. And that can take a long time to dial in. And so the accountability and the support, I think, is is where I see a lot of my role. What are some of the trends that you see people realizing? So I think people realize that it doesn't have to be complicated to eat well. They don't have to starve themselves. They don't have to avoid certain foods. They just have to eat real food um, and be consistent with it. So that's usually a a really eye-opening thing when I tell people that. And then also there, you know, I, I encourage them to have things that are indulgences, yeah. you know, like don't cut out chocolate. If right. you love chocolate, don't cut out wine. If you want to have a glass of wine, that's, that's not necessary to eat well. Yeah. I mean, it was like the, the perfect example is when I was at your house in, in Bend, we had, it was pizza night yes. and it was so good. And I've gone back and forth between like, I don't want to say like restricting, but like trying to be perfect yeah, 99% of the time versus being good 80% of the time. Yeah. It's, it's really common, yeah. um, especially among these athletes um, and runners particularly they're, you know, a little more, um, can I say type a, yeah. um, they like to plan things. Right. Um, little meticulous on their, their food. So I think, yeah, it's when you can let go of that and just eat and enjoy it, it's such a freeing experience. And I love when people can finally get to that place where they're like, you know, I don't have to stress about eating. I just eat and I, I taste it and I enjoy it. And that's how it should be. Yeah. And it's social. It's so social. Yeah. That's the best part. I, I draw a lot of, um, inspiration, I guess, from European cultures where food is like a really intimate experience. Mm-hmm. Like having people over for dinner and sharing a meal is is so social and, you know, it, it it's just a really good feeling. Yeah. It's like, that's my favorite thing to do. Me too. Go out to eat with people. Me too. Or... We'll have to do pizza night again. Exactly. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll book my trip to Ben. All right. Um, well, cool. So you mentioned you're not doing too much running at the moment. One no. of the one of the things that I think people really enjoy hearing about, and I want to caveat enjoy, <laughs> um, empathize or, or take value. Have, it's valuable to hear about um, professional athletes or elite level athletes that aren't crushing it 100% of the time. So let's talk a little bit about like, what is it like to, to not not be on top of your game right now. I mean, that's, it's, it can't be easy. Yeah. Well, it it depends on the day when you ask me. Um, I think all athletes go through this at some Mm -hmm. point. So this isn't my first time. Um, but actually, fortunately, I was going to say, unfortunately, but 
I've learned a lot in the past and I mean, it's, it's not any easier mentally, but I I've accepted it. I, you know, before, and I think this is a common thing when you first get injured, you fight it, right? Right. I'm going to, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to be stronger when I come back. I'm going to cross train. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that doesn't really work. I mean, I, I, I strongly feel like injuries are a time where you shouldn't maintain fitness and try to get back out at, back out there as soon as you can. I think it's a time to like let your body heal and just accept what you can and cannot do. So right now I've been, I've been off running for a while. I've had some, um, Achilles issues that stem from a a lot of different things, including genetics and then taking an antibiotic that really messed up my, uh, tendon. Um, (laughs) don't ever take Cipro. (laughs) And, uh, so it's been probably four months of not running much. And, I'm pretty happy with what I can do. I like to focus on, okay, so you can't run. You could focus on that, but look at all these other things you can do. So that includes active things. So some cross training and I don't like to burn myself out mentally doing like, I don't pool run. (laughs) I don't, I don't get on the cardio equipment. I, I go outside. I walk with my dogs. I cross country ski. I do what I can um, to make it enjoyable. And then non-active activities. I think that's important too. So all those puzzles, there's a reason that I'm doing those right now. And it's stimulating in a different way. Do I get the endorphins like when I'm running? No. But it's something that I guess fills time and it just, it gives me a different outlet to do creative, use my creative energy. That makes sense. Um, So the last time I saw you... Actually, the time before that was out at Western States. Mm-hmm. And on our run this morning, you were talking about Western States, the way I talk about Boston. And yeah. like, you get that, like, chill, like, you get the chills. Yeah. Why, why Western States? Well, for me, so when I first got into ultra running, um, the, one of the first, well, there's two people that have been really inspirational. And one we were talking about earlier is Cami Semek, mm-hmm. who is like the reason that I'm a runner. And then the other woman is Megan Laws, formerly Megan Arbogast. Um, she kind of took me under her wing and she, Western States means a lot to her. So it meant a lot to me. And so I accrued, I paced, I, I went down and watched for three years and wanted to do the race. I was dreaming of doing the race. And then I got in and, um, and it was my first hundred and I, I won and it was the most magical experience coming around the track and winning Western States, which was like my Boston marathon. Right. So uh, yeah, it, it means a lot to me because of that experience. And then just because of the, the people involved in the race, Craig Thornley is, is a good friend and just the history of it. I think it, it just makes it a special race for me. What's it like? getting on the start line of something like that. Cause like, I think anyone can run a marathon, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone can run a hundred miles. Well, to be honest, I don't think anyone at the start line <laughs> thinks like, Oh my gosh, I got this. Right. They're like, I mean, I'm always terrified. Like, wow. So breaking it up into manageable chunks and, in some ways, it's it's less nerve wracking than a marathon because you don't have to go right, right off the gun. It's like, okay, let's ease into this, right. but it's it's pretty... Go up three miles, hug yeah. with your friends, yeah, see yeah. the sunrise. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that That's the best part. And Western States is fairly small. I, I love the start. Um, UTMB is way more um It looks intense. like a road marathon start. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I tweaked my my hamstring in the first, like, I don't know, 50 meters of the race, just Mm -hmm. because it's like, 
you know, you're going from a standstill to like a sprint and there's like, <laughs> you know, 5,000 people behind you um, with poles that are just charging and going to run you down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. So what's your, what's your favorite distance? Um, I love the hundred miler for what it does to me physically and mentally. It just breaks me down and that's a cool feeling, but probably my best distance is uh, 80K, 50 miles. Um, I, I tend to have the most success at that distance and mm -hmm. it's really cool to wake up, do a race and finish in the same day. <laughs> One sunrise. One sunrise. So, so hundred miles. Um, you said that you like it because it breaks you down and you like yeah. how it makes you feel. Let's, let's get into that. Like, is it a, is it a power thing? Is it a, is it a beating, busting through a, a tough barrier what what is the what is the part that you love so much i think you proved yourself that you're stronger than you think mm -hmm. so there's even in the best of races there are times where you're going to feel horrible and not know if you can take another step yeah. and and you do and you keep going and there's things that you don't expect to happen whereas i feel like a shorter race you you kind of know what to expect and you can get through like you know bad stomach patches but for me, the hundred mile, there's the unknown and, um, you know, working through each challenge as it presents itself and near the end, you just are stripped down to your, your raw being. And yeah. that's a really cool place to be in. I, I haven't experienced it in anything else I've ever done. Just being that present and suffering that much <laughs> and, and like, but seeing your true colors right. and, and you know, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. When I saw you at at mile 82. Oh gosh. I, <laughs> I saw you and Zach Yeah, and I don't know that you remembered. I don't. That that, yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, and there was just this like glaze in your eyes. You were just so locked in mm -hmm. on that moment and just like, I don't want to say tunnel vision, but like two steps forward, two yep. steps forward, two steps forward. And it was so cool to see that like not a care in the world about anything besides that moving forward moving forward yeah yeah i was um pretty determined to finish and you know even though it, it sounds like well, i have 18 more miles to go i mean that that's a long ways a and long way. that particular race i'd blown up my quad so it was yeah. painful but yeah that's you know everything else you kind of have the blinders on and you're just focused on the things how do i get myself from point a to point b yeah <laughs> so i i did a um podcast with um Ben Rosario and another um, and a sport psychology uh, consultant and the two parallels or the two commonalities between that is they talked about breaking a race up into manageable chunks. So like how do you how do you do that for something like a hundred miles? Is it every five miles? Is it aid station aid station? How do you how do you make a hundred miles? I don't want to say manageable, but like <laughs> a little more manageable. Yeah, I think it, it's usually landmarks because miles kind of don't mean as much. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Western States, for example, I break up by aid stations and, um, the first chunk is actually the first 30 miles. So right. that's a huge chunk <laughs> to break up, but it's beautiful. It's early. You're feeling good. And you know, you're going to see your crew. So I tend to break it up by when I'm going to have like some interaction, um, that, that helps me to get excited. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also do this at UTMB near the end, um, after you cross Champaign-Lac, which is, maybe 110K into the race, um, you have, you're, you're basically going up and over a pass and then you see your crew. So you've got like two hours of hard and then you're going to see them. So 
at the end of that race, I break it up into that. Like, okay, like you're going to see them and like, just make it over this. And I think that helps me to keep going and try not to think too much about the task ahead. <laughs> cool. Um, so you've been in the sport for a few years now. Um, what are some of the big changes you've seen over the last couple of years, whether it's social media, whether it's sponsorship related? Yeah, it's, um, it's changed a lot. It's blown up. And I think one of the original reasons I was drawn to the ultra scene, uh, more so than just the trail scene was it was a bit obscure still. And I, I tend to like that. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't want to discourage new people coming over because I think that's great for a lot of things in the sport. But it's also changed the vibe at yeah. races. There's a lot of hot shots who think they just, you know, can run super fast and beat everyone. And that's great. Um, but to me and to like the old timers, the real the people who've been in it like many years longer than me, that's not what it's about. Like right. no one cares. No one cares that you won the race. Right. It's the experience. And so I, I'm hoping that that starts to become more of a thing again. It's like not just who crosses the finish line first or the fastest time. It's like, let's talk about like, you know, the experience covering the course or the adventure you did. Um, I think that to me is more of why I love this sport. Yeah. Um, but some other cool things that have come through, um, you know, ultra running becoming more popular is support, um, from sponsors. And I feel very fortunate that I have a sponsor where I can, you know, spend a lot of my time on running because they support me. Um, so that opportunity didn't exist. So it's like a double-edged sword. You you can't really have one without the other. Right. Yeah. It's like a necessary, I don't want to say necessary evil, but like, a. It needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and like I said, I I think a better way to say this is it's great to have more participation, but let's not focus on, you know, let's not turn it. I don't want to say let's not turn it into the Boston Marathon, (laughs) um, but let's not turn it into just about running fast and winning. Let's keep it more pure and about exploring a beautiful place and freaking running around Mont Blanc. Like no one cares how fast you did that. (laughs) So one of the consistent trends on and i guess now i'm saying this on every podcast so of course it's going to be a consistent trend but yeah. but it keeps coming it's up your trend yeah it's my trend um it's my podcast I yeah can, i can, you can cry if i want, want to um is talking about the journey and yeah. embracing the journey versus like the time on the watch the time on the watch right. time on the clock things like that yeah um how do you how do you get there well i think the first thing mentally is i don't think my experience is any better than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Like if I win a race, I'm, <laughs> I'm no better than the the person who came in last. Like right. we had, we had to have the same experience or the same, we covered the same journey to get there, you know? So I think coming it from that perspective of like, we're all sort of equals in right. a way. It's just, maybe I moved faster. So, you know, the person who was behind me, they got, they probably have a better right. story to tell. Um, Longer duration to capture stories. Yeah, exactly. They got more bang for their buck. <laughs> Don't finish fast. Um, you want stories? Go slow. Yeah. Uh, I think like dropping the ego helps. I mean, that's hard to do, but um, especially with social media, because you seem to always be in the spotlight and that's a lot of things people ask about, but focusing on, I guess, the the present is a good way to to really hone in on the journey and the races I'm most proud of are, are not the races I've done well at. (laughs) They're the races where I've maybe failed and like, yeah, persevered and had maybe, you know, on paper, a really poor finish. But, um, to me, it's like, wow, that's amazing. 
So one of the things that keeps coming up is the power of the community. And we've yeah. talked a lot about some mutual friends we have. And, and um, let's talk about that. Like, what, is the, what does the running community mean to you? So they're, they're my best friends. And I know they've always got my back. Um, I think running is unique in, in that it bonds you with people so much more than, you know, if we just met each other and we, we hadn't ever run together and right. just had a cup of coffee or something, like we wouldn't be as close as we are just right. because we've run together. And like you have that little, you know, suffering and I shouldn't, it's not like you're suffering greatly, but it just breaks down barriers. Yeah. It's like an icebreaker activity. So I think you have this this really... Like you can just be yourself and that takes years sometimes in, you know, if you don't have that, that running background. Yeah. So I think the community has like really, I mean, that's a big reason that, that I race and that I travel to these events is to be with my friends. And, um, it's really cool when you fly all the way across the world, like to Cape town and you're with some of your best friends yeah. like that. That's really rare. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, and it's so awesome. Um, Let's get back to social media. Yeah. Um, it's, I used the phrase necessary evil for something else that probably wasn't relevant. But for this, I think it's it's a little closer yeah. to you know what it is. Um, I struggle with, with being, I don't know, hyper-connected or on mm -hmm. all the time. And it's, I don't want to say it's my job, but it's not, not my job. Right. But for you, it it more so is your job to be connected, to have an audience, things like that. How do you, how do you balance that? Well, I give myself boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like to think of it as like my real life is my friends I see in person mm -hmm. and the people I interact with and not social media. Right. I think people get those confused and like your friends on social media, they're sort of your friends, but they don't actually know the real you. Right. So I don't put that much energy into the, you know, that world mm -hmm. as I do into my real life world. And then I try to make my posts really authentic. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't post every day. I don't engage every day. Right. And, you know, if you look at my Instagram, there's stuff all over the board. There's dog pictures, traveling pictures, cooking, running, not running. I mean, it's, I think that gives people a sense of like who I am. Who are, yeah. I hope. I mean, you, you should tell me this. Like, what does it look like from the outside? But I see a lot of athletes that don't use social media well. Um, they only post photos of running or only like gorgeous shots of them, like women who just wear their sports bras and are just like showing off their body. Right. To me, that's, I, I don't love that. Um, you know, I think show who you really are. And that way, it kind of <laughs> doesn't portray something that's not really like a there. Highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's uh it's a tough it's a tough line for sure. It, um, yeah. Like wanting to share what's going on, but like also having a life and sharing right. you know what makes sense and not what doesn't make sense. And there's like some some things like if I see the most beautiful sunrise or you know, mountain scene, I, I may not share that because yeah. that's like a really special thing. And I think some of those those things are, are worth working to get there rather than just being able to, you know, geo tag something yeah. and then, you know, find I mean, it. I mean, a perfect example is I was in the Grand Canyon a few years ago and there were people that were going out on these ledges that like, if you step on a rock and fall, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. Like no question you're dead. 
and people are just doing it for Instagram. I, yeah. Is it worth the shot? <laughs> I saw a similar thing in Yellowstone um, National Park. It, there was a grizzly bear and people were taking selfies with like the grizzly bear in the background. It, it wasn't like <laughs> super close, but it was it was kind of close. It's like, you guys. <laughs> Talk about boundaries. Natural selection. Yeah. I mean, Darwin's <laughs> got to get a few people yeah, every so often. but. Yeah, to each their own. Um, I was I was terrified for these people that they were just standing out on the ledge, like, "Hey, I'm gonna yeah. do this." But, um, so the purpose of this podcast is to explore the why behind motivation and and excitement and things like that. You've talked a lot about um, barriers and boundaries and exploring them. Mm-hmm. Is that you know where where does your mind go when when the question is, what's your why? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot. So this is a great topic to talk about. I think the easy answer people say is I love to run and I call bullshit on that. <laughs> and I and I don't mean like you can't love to run, but we don't necessarily run for the feeling we get while we're running. It's a great feeling to push your body, but it's for the feeling after where you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. And um, I have to give partial credit to Rob Carr for for really, um, I guess, teaching me that. He, mm-hmm. he spoke, um, or maybe it was like a podcast or uh, something he wrote about, um, you know, it's a stretch that he loves to run. He, he does it because he feels better after and right. he loves, you know, the person that makes him yeah. be after. Um, so I think for me, the why is you know, pushing my body into the uncomfortable because I, I love, I do love that feeling of like, this sucks right now. Yeah. And I always have, I, even since I was little, I used to just like run around in circles or jump on my trampoline for like 60 minutes, just, just because I I wanted to feel that. Cause I can. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of insane at the time, but it makes sense to me now. And, and then the why is like just doing things that you feel like are kind of scary or, are unachievable. Like the, the, the ability to fail or the, I guess, potential to fail is really intriguing to me. I mean, I, I know, I know that I'm stronger than I think, but I love to test that. Yeah. It's, it's so empowering. Like I remember vividly a workout. I mean, it was last week, so (laughs) close, but (laughs) very vividly, but very vividly. It was, um, eight intervals, three minutes with short rest and going into the eighth interval, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And it was just like the most empowering feeling to to get to the end of the rest period and know that, like, these next three minutes are going to be hell. Yeah. And let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. I love that. And, and I don't want to call it, like, flow, but, yeah. like, I love those moments so much. Yeah. It's the desire to push yourself. Yeah. yeah. So what, what tips do you have for people that are looking to try something new or looking to explore these boundaries or looking to, you know, go from the marathon to the 50K or the 50K to beyond? I think small, small steps, small bites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, break are, it up into chunks. Yeah, yeah. Break it up into chunks. Um, <clears throat> you know, like is moving up in distance, I think since ultras are very popular right now, I think it's tempting to you know, make a, make a jump from like, I did my first 50 K and now my first 50 mile and my first hundred mile are all in the same year. <laughs> and 
that you know it's it's possible for yeah. sure but the longevity in sport isn't you know i've been kind of paying attention to this for years and it seems like there's a two-year window yeah for that um so i think you know for up, for like long well or, people or who, short term who overdo it too quickly yep. seem to be in the sport for about two years Got it. um my friend megan calls them visitors <laughs> so they're visitors <laughs> to the sport um they're... yeah <laughs> nice yeah Nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> so I think moving up slowly, like there's no need to jump up super fast, like, right. especially if you want to do it for many years and, you know, have your body stay injury free. So move in slowly. And then I think having a coach or someone that you can talk about your training with is super important. So, I mean, for me, I know, I know what I need to do, right. but I get all up in my head. And like when I'm second guessing things, it's like, it'd be nice to have someone other than my yeah. husband to talk about this with. So I, I have a coach and I think it's, it's really useful just to like, you know, use as a counselor <laughs> or just, uh, you know, talk you through things yeah. and have guidance. It takes the pressure or the stress off. You know, you have someone else looking over that area for you and, and pulling the reins back, pulling the reins back. So important. In fact, I just emailed my coach after our run this morning because as we discussed, I was going to have three days of running this week while I'm here and um, th three days of 60 minute runs and we did 30 this morning. So I, I was trying to make a deal. Well, can I do four days <laughs> with 30? You know, it's just like, that's such a runner thing. I was yeah. like, Stephanie, are you really asking this? <laughs> uh, but that that's a huge role of the coach is just like talking sense into you. Yeah. By the way, we did 40. Oh, okay. 40. Phew. <laughs> yeah, we did a beautiful run along the Charles River. If you're ever visiting Boston, do the do the bridge loop. It was between beautiful. The, the Longfellow Bridge and the Mass Ave Bridge. It's I don't know, three and a quarter miles, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it was a really nice run. So the other piece that I'm curious about is the sponsorship component as a professional. How do you how do you again maintain the boundaries? of what they want you to do and what you want to do and what your coach wants you to do and your husband and your dogs and yeah. your job and all that stuff. I, I love this question and I feel I'm in a, a really fortunate situation. Um, and not, not that it's luck. I, I built this for myself. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest thing that I did was I didn't just seek out sponsors to get free stuff right. or, or money. Right. I, every sponsor that I'm working with is for a reason. And it's because we have a good relationship, mm -hmm. a mutual respect, and they don't, you know, they don't ask things of me that I feel like compromise my um, authenticity mm -hmm. or my integrity or what matters to me. So starting with the North Face, they're my primary sponsor. Um, they don't, really require races. I mean, uh, of course, if I weren't racing, right, I wouldn't yeah. be on the team, but they don't say you need to do X, Y, Z. And every time I've been injured, there's been no pressure, no like, oh, you better get back out, yeah. out there next year. It's more like I'm, I'm aligned with them and I can bring more to the table than just race results. Right. So that's been super. Um, and I don't think every athlete feels that way about their sponsor, but right now, like I said, I'm not running, but that's okay. Like I've, I've sort of built up, I guess the name for myself. It sounds kind of, I don't no, know, weird, weird to say it's that true. out out loud, but, um, I don't necessarily feel like I have to race to, you know, bring Validate. value. Yeah. yeah. So it, that's, 
that's one thing I would say if anyone is looking for sponsors, develop relationships um, and don't look for someone who is, you know, just trying to get the the hottest athlete with the, you know, fastest right. times right now, because that's all they value. Right. Um, you want to be valued as a person. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see um, across the board with different sponsors and different partnerships and um yeah, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. And I guess the, to answer the other part of your question, like balancing family life, um, I, you know, that's something that's always uh, a work in, pro- in progress. And I think, you know, I, I have to be a little conscious. Uh, my husband, Zach, you, he loves running. He yeah. loves racing. And it's hard because like, that's kind of what I do. So he has to go to work and like sit in a desk. Actually, he stands at a desk and he comes home and he wants to you know, do what I sort of get paid to do. So right. it's a little bit of a tough balance when he's like, you know, and I, I can't complain about things um, running wise because it's like he would love to right. do that. So, yeah, just trying to be, you know, conscious of that and um, also spend time at home and do like normal people stuff. <laughs> what do you consider normal people stuff? Um, you know, like. I don't know, um, house projects and like taking my, my turn of like, Zach, you go travel for two weeks and let me stay home with the two little monsters. We call them terrorists. (laughs) They, I was home alone with them, my, my two dogs. Um, and my husband was out of town and they took full advantage of me. They were like, oh. Treats. We're getting we know, all the treats. We know dad is gone. <laughs> the number of things they destroyed. Bad cop is gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like ready to leave. <laughs> nice. Talking about travel, what are some of your favorite places to go? Well, I Where would say Chamonix is amazing. And and not just the town of Chamonix, but I, I love um, the Alps. I... I I could live there. Um, I've actually looked into it. <laughs> it's uh, maybe a little expensive, but um, yeah, I, I love the European culture and how important the outdoors are to them. So that's probably one of my favorite places where it's like, I go there every year for like five to six weeks yeah. or 10 <laughs> um, <laughs> this year, hopefully 10. And then another place that I love that I need to explore more is Nepal. Um, it, it really was the most amazing trip I've ever taken because it's so different in like people are just, they, they don't have stuff and they don't care about like anything other than just what they need. You know, it's such a simple life, but the people there are happy and that's really cool. So, um, I love Nepal and I, I like to travel to places that are maybe, kind of off the beaten path mm-hmm. um like bali has been a, a cool place to to see and visit i don't know i love traveling yeah <laughs> so as a nutrition expert how do you how do you manage nutrition when you're when you're in a new place well for me i eat everything um and so it's it's easy i don't have dietary restrictions mm-hmm. um <laughs> which i think is important when you travel because like going to nepal they don't have they don't have a lot of options and one i'm kind of getting off track but one one night we were staying with a family and the next morning like they we woke up and we were having dinner or breakfast sorry on their um you know like mud floor and they had slaughtered a, a water buffalo. Um, and it was like, you know, something that's really rare to have. And that was our breakfast. And 
I just kept thinking about like, if I like how disrespectful it would have been if I was like, no, I don't, I don't eat meat or yeah. I don't want to eat water oh, buffalo for breakfast. <laughs> and so I think traveling, it's like you, you try the, the culture, yeah. you know, I, I love, I love trying new foods and I think it's really cool to, to learn and experience that, um, rather than find things that are comfortable to me. Like you don't need to go to, you know, a Asian country and find a smoothie bowl place. <laughs> like just, just embrace it. Right. I think that's part of traveling. What are some other tips you have for, for runners, um, either getting into the sport or, or something along those lines? Um, find what makes you excited. Um, what's going to get you out the door and not have it be tied to like race results. Um, I think like if you love like, you know, a certain loop or you like running with your pink shoes or you have a friend that you meet every Tuesday and that's like, you go have coffee and ocean rolls. Did you have an ocean roll when you were in Bend? An ocean roll. Oh no. no. I guess I have to come <laughs> you back. You need to come back. Um, it's amazing. Uh, it's like a, a croissant with cardamom. Ooh, it's amazing. So yeah, if you run for the ocean rolls. All right. I'm, a, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. We should go now. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start running. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing um, at, yeah. at four? I think uh -huh. you can make a flight. <laughs> um, not on United. <laughs> um, <but laughs> anyways, uh, find, find why, why you actually love it or a reason to, to do it. And I think that that'll keep you going even when it's like raining and you don't want to get out the door or find a podcast that discusses the why and use somebody yeah. else's actually, <laughs> that, yeah that's actually a really great um great tip though because i think a lot of times runners are going solo and maybe on the treadmill and it does help to have something that you can just kind of lock into and yeah. it, you can forget that you're just watching the little dot move around the track on the treadmill screen <laughs> yes what would you tell stephanie of 2005 life only gets better <laughs> 2005 i was in montana in my first year of grad school and it was super hard and i was you know in the area of i think i was like 22 um trying to find figure out life so just be patient life will get better like work hard and it'll pay off nice what are you looking forward to this year <sighs> hopefully going back to europe for most of the summer, um, running, honestly, hopefully running, uh, some, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of my big trip I've got planned. Um, doing a little bit more with nutrition. Um, I've got some maybe projects on the back burner that I'm pretty psyched about. Um, yeah. Can you talk about those projects? Well, I've, I guess loosely, I've always wanted to write a cookbook. Cool. So, and not just like a, you know, total recipe cookbook, but something that has nutritional information because I love teaching people about nutrition. So like the fundamentals. Of... Yes. Like a little bit about like, not, I don't want to say like metabolism or physiology because right. then it's like, eee! yeah, <laughs> but just like, okay, you know, metabolism for dummies. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a very gentle way. Yep. Like don't just eat this, but here's why. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what, what gets you really excited? <sighs> Mountains, coffee, my dogs, <laughs> breakfast. That, that sounds like a great morning. <laughs> you know, I'm someone who I wear my heart on my sleeve and I get excited really easy. So it's, it's really, 
it's not hard to get me excited yeah. about little things. Like right now I'm like, I'm going to have some good wine later. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I'm generally a happy person. So I, I love little things in life. I think, you know, like I said mountains, that's like a big grandioso thing, but like I can get really excited about like, I don't know, finding the right puzzle piece. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that the ability to like find joy in these little things, you know, walking down the street or petting a dog or whatever, do you think, I mean, I don't think that that's just like, oh, that's like a trait that you have. I think that's like a fundamental piece of like why you're successful. It's like you're able to find joy in these little things. And over time, like the little things are the big things. Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with that. I mean, the little things are, you're going to have way more interactions or way more experiences with the little things. Like I will tell you, I mean, winning Western States was awesome, but it kind of like happened. And then it was like, not a letdown, but I mean, that was like a really cool thing, but I get more excited. Like when I come home and my dog jumps up on me every day, Yeah, like those little things. I think if you, if you really make those your, your primary, um, cause, um, of, of being happy that you're going to be more successful. Yeah. The, the joy in the journey, the joy in the process. So like you can find fulfillment in things that you have control over versus, yeah. And a lot of life can be mundane if you don't, if you just focus on the big things. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, Where can people find you if they're interested in your nutrition uh, services? So I've got a website, stephaniehowviolet.com. It's got some information just about me and nutrition. And then I'm probably most active on Instagram, um, stephaniemarieviolet. And we talked about my identity crisis earlier. Um, <laughs> I, I formerly was Stephanie Howe, um, now Violet, Stephanie Violet. But um, yeah, sometimes that's, uh, it depends on where you look. Um, sometimes under Howe, sometimes under Violet. So you can call me both. All right, cool. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, cheers to that awesome wine you're going to have later. Yeah. Is it going to be red or white? Red. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.